This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you could learn to work and play, and get along with each other. Welcome everybody to Wednesday Morgan's episode 19. I am your loyal and dedicated co-host, Gareth, and joining me as always is Liam. Liam, how are you doing? Gareth, there is love in the air. Are you upset that I gave you no adjectives? Do you normally give me adjectives? I kind of tune you out at the start. No, I gave myself adjectives, but then didn't give you adjectives, so that suggests that I am something and you're just Liam. Can you give me an adjective now? Um, no. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, what what adjective best... um, Nefarious? I'm gonna go nefarious. I don't think I'm nefarious. You're pretty nefarious. Um, ooh, this it's more difficult rambunctious? than I thought. Rambunctious? Would you like rambunctious? I'm not rambunctious. Is rambunctious a word you like? I don't have the energy to be rambunctious. You're a rambunctious young man. What about? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing. There. <laughs> Give it out to me. Consistent. We're not giving you adjectives. <laughs> not consistent. And then at you're all. just like. I don't have any words for myself. I'm not good with these words. Uh, AEW and NXT host their shows were a day late because Liam's microphone exploded, but we should be all right today because he bought a new microphone. So if he sounds better, uh, he it's, a, uh, it's a, an investment that's worthwhile. If he sounds worse to you, well, he's just wasted a lot of his money. If, if um, I sound worse, I, I may drive my car off a cliff. Uh, please don't do that. AEW won last week, so we shall talk about all Elite Wrestling first, which opened with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page defeating the SoCal Uncensored to retain the World Tag Team titles. And we also started the show with the Dark Order, which sets sets show off on a tone, doesn't it? I like the Dark Order when it's like this. <laughs> when they just pop up for yeah. a moment, cut a promo, and then go away. When they just remind you that they're there. And they, they do well. Actually, they did something else on the show, and then Daniels ran off. So obviously, like, it's obviously not Daniels. Who's the exalted one, Liam? Is it Matt Hardy? It probably should be Matt Hardy. I I I sent you the clip, didn't I? <laughs> I believe you just sent me the words that he said. He's like, I'm ex- exalted. What? No, whatever he said. Oh uh, yeah, he was like starting to collapse in his little YouTube skit that he does, and he was like, I'm ex ex exhausted. <laughs> All right, Garrett. New quote. If it's not Matt Hardy, I want to. I want you to give us three options of who it could possibly be. Okay. One option, of course, is Chris Daniels, mm-hmm. which is the teased option. Makes sense. And it's probably not going to be Chris Daniels, even though I think Chris Daniels would be pretty good as the leader of the Dark Order. If he goes like full fallen angel shtick. Yeah, I was watching some like 2007 TNA where he was doing like the full point your head up toward heaven and talk to God kind of thing, mm. which. You know how in, like, the mid-2000s there was this whole, like, kind of shtick where they did religious, uh, religious kind of characters, but they modernized them and made them, like, businessy? Mm-hmm. Like, what if it's that kind of, sh- like, deal where he's, like, a CEO that's, like, all religious and culty, but it's, like, yeah. I don't know. I got, like, 2006 vibes in my head. So you just just want to go, like, straight religious cult? But, like, money is the religion. <laughs> so Scientology? Yeah, kinda. Alright, two more options. Boom, throw them out. Okay, option number two, Jim Ross. Uh, I wanted real options, Garrett. I wanted to dig, dig deep into the exalted one and work out who it is. Jim Ross would be a great exalted one, though, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, it w- I'd prefer Tony. 
Uh, Tony's too wholesome. That's the problem. He has like this wholesome demeanor, but really, he is this pervert leader. Below the surface. Well, Excalibur, that's the reason he's wearing the mask all the time. Ah. It all adds up. Okay, and (laughs) your third pick? Britt Baker. But Evil Eno has such bad teeth in his mask. Uh, exactly, that's the reason she's taking over, to fix it. Oh, <laughs> it's a corporate takeover? Yeah, it's a corporate takeover from Ripbreaker Enterprises, and she's going to start fixing the teeth of the Dark Order. That's the reason they have so many minions. That's plenty of business for her. Alright, well I hope it's Matt Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> of those three options. Matt Hardy, Britt Baker, or Jim Ross. Poor, like evil Uno, because like, it really, at the start, kind of seemed like he was being positioned to be the leader of this shtick, and then it like, nope. What if the exalted one is us? <gasps> I did sign up. Not like me and you, oh. the collective us. The audience are the exalted one. The collective is the exalted? Not the Nightmare Collective, Mel is dead. Oh, no, no, Mel survived. For now. She... No, I got nothing, I was trying to think of one. Luther has been spun off into a program with Jimmy Havoc. I hope Lord. they have like a full-on death match on Dark. <laughs> they just kill each other. Yeah, I want glass. I want fire. I want barbed wire. On Dark. Yes. Um. Yeah, and then Mel appears to like. If Luther's gone off doing his own thing, maybe Mel is gone. The Mel Zalted one. She would be very good. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's even better than the Nightmare Collective because it's like, we have our exalted one, Mel. <laughs> she learned under the tree of Brandy Rhodes and now she will lead us to victory. Mm. Thus fully concluding my theory that they were all subsidiaries of each other. Mm. I called it from the beginning. Paige and Omega retained the World Tag Team titles in a match that I thought was not as good, very, as good as the title change, but still a good TV match. I thought this match was great. Better or worse than the title change, then? But, mm, maybe just an inch below? But I liked that they played mm. off of the title change. I have problems with Hangman Page's uh, comeback. Why? It's just all kicks. Do more than kicks. He did, like, 15 big boots. The thing is, like, I, I, I never even thought of Page as being, like, a guy who does big boots. And then, like, in this match, I was like, he's doing a lot of big boots. <laughs> Yeah, you got that hot tag from Kenny Omega, and it's like, big boot, big boot, big boot, uh, a few more big boots. Like, Vary it up, Hangman, because he's, he's extremely over. Mm. So, yeah, just do cool stuff when you get your hot tag. Are they trying to make the big boot his V-trigger? Well, isn't the Buckshot Lariat technically his V-trigger if they do it with the V-trigger? I did very like the uh, the Buckshot Lariat where uh, it was Sky the Duck, and then Kazarian just nailed him with a Lariat of his own. That looked very good. There was a lot of good clotheslines on this episode of AEW Dynamite. There is very little better in wrestling than a good clothesline, isn't there? Well, yeah, because, like, if it's done right, it looks like it's killing the person. But, like, they're yeah. fine. So that's, like, the perfect thing you want in wrestling. I really like yeah. this match because I really liked um, how SEU's personalities changed from the previous match. Mm. In this match, they were, like, trying way harder to win. They were kind of being a bit cheaty. And I liked how, on commentary, I think it might have been Excalibur or even Tony that put over the fact that if they had have tried these cheap tricks in the last match, maybe they would still be champs. Yeah. It's a good little progression. But, like we said last week, I'm ready for SCU to move on to something else. Ideally, down to something else. Down to the Dark Order. <laughs> Probably. Like, that's... Obviously, they're setting up the Daniels thing, because... 
Speaking of, they they attacked after the match. Best friends made the save. Butcher and the Blade came out. Every tag team in the world came out. When Butcher and the Blade came out, I was like, no, what? They're just going to put the two creepy things together now? No, it's just a bunch of teams running in. And the Young Bucks uh, ran wild, cleared everyone out. These Young Bucks, out with dives. they might be some stars. <laughs> They're pretty good. I'm worried, though, because pro wrestling logic dictates Liam. Mm. The Young Bucks stood tall this week, and there's a Battle Royal next week. No, they're winning, because they're going to beat Hangman and Omega. But pro wrestling logic dictates, Liam, that the team that stands tall is never the team that then goes on to win the match that the, that it's promoting. I guess the reborn will... <laughs> that doesn't work. I have nothing for it. <laughs> Phoenix. Um, Phoenix down. Um, just revive. Just, yeah, just revive. <laughs> In the just clause <laughs> font. Devival. Oh. But they changed their names to something weird on Twitter. I thought one of them deleted their Twitter. One of them did, and one of them changed their name to, like, DA something. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't think I ever follow them on Twitter, to be honest. <laughs> no, neither do I. So I, I realize I, say, I don't even follow Kenny Omega on Twitter. I'm just like, okay. Uh, I definitely do. <laughs> You're right. Do you push notifications for Kenny's tweets? Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> In, like, 2016, I did. You had to hang on his every word. No, actually, I, I, it was when he first started Twitter, which I think was like 2013. Mm-hmm. It was when he first went to New Japan and I was 14. So give me a break. All right. You're a young person who uses the internet stupidly. Yeah. I'm just, I'll allow it. I'm sure everyone did. So next week we have a tag team battle royale featuring the Young Bucks, SCU, The Butcher and the Blade, Best Friends, Private Party, TH2, LAX, uh, not the Dark Order, but the Alex Dork Reynolds Order. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, yeah. In fact, yes, it is the Dork Order. Um, the Jurassic Express, the classic combination, and of course, most importantly, T Hawk and Shima. All right, so I'm gonna go with Bucks. Who do you have winning next week? Well, like the Bucks should win, but again, pro wrestling logically All right, dictates. I'm, I'm saying, provide me with an alternative then. LAX. Oh nah. If Bucks aren't winning, LX are the probably the best choice of the teams that are left. I don't think they're winning. You see, I think the Bucks should win, I but th- Liam, Liam, huh? let me tell you about pro wrestling logic. Oh. It's never wrong. <laughs> pro wrestling logic has never gone awry. Okay, the Dark Order is going to attack Shima. He's going to be replaced by Lindemann, and then T-Hawk and Lindemann will sweep the board, win, and then face Kenny and Page at the pay-per-view. Hmm. In what would probably be the best match on the show. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're not wrong. Let's just... <laughs> yeah, let's just do some, like... Let's just do T-Hawk versus all the, like, the big guys. I hope, I do hope T-Hawk gets some shine in that match. Because, of course, it's his first appearance on AEW Dynamite. He's been... <laughs> As we all expected, 19 weeks in. It took 19 weeks. Fair enough, he was on... Was it Double or Nothing they had that six-man tag? That was the pre-show, yeah. Oh, no, it was the opening. Yeah. Was it the pre-show? Or the yeah, opening? it was the opening match of Double or Nothing yeah, against yeah. FCU. And then they've had a bunch of dark matches. <laughs> all, he almost was... made it all the way around to Double or Nothing again. <laughs> he nearly did without appearing on Dynamite. But that, that Bucks match on Dark was great. I'm surprised they haven't used them more. They must be. They must just be busy. But, like, they've been at shows. At least when they have them, use them. Yeah. No, they got to be on Dark. got to pop those Dark numbers. If you're putting people on the undercard, do you put... Strong hearts on the undercard, or do you put Kip Sabian on the undercard? Put them together. Oh, don't you even dare suggest such a such blasphemy and hideous super hearts. Sure. Which is what we will call this episode 
on this lovely Valentine's I I was very upset because Joe Lanza, who does his Thursday TV reviews, used the Whataburger line for his headline. And what I was going to call this episode yesterday, if we managed to record it yesterday, was uh, AW Whataburger versus NXT Nothing Burger. And it was like, a, that's a really good headline. Go me. Yeah, it's alright. Why do you hate me? Why do you dismiss everything I stand for? Don't bring our personal lives into the podcast. J.R. sat down with Santana with a really good sit-down interview where Santana talked all about how his father went blind and then John Moxley tried to take his sight from him and that made that personal and that set up our main event. And that was this was Santana will be AEW World Champion someday, Liam. Mark my words. Yeah, probably. This is what JR's role should be in the company. This and uh yeah, commentating for main event title matches. That's all he should do. Yeah, main event like AEW title matches on pay-per-views specifically. I feel, because it adds, mm-hmm. like, a gravitas to the situation. But also, just these kind of sit-down interviews, the same kind of stuff they did with Mankind, you know, that got him over. It's almost like talking to JR gets people over. And, like, yeah, there was this one, he's done one with Jungle Boy, both pretty good. The Sean Spears one, which they did in the lead-up to All Out, was very good. <laughs> it made Sean Spears versus Cody, like, interesting. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, just stop with the commentary thing. He has a role on this show. We can play a role on this show. Just take him off minute-to-minute commentary. Um, like, uh, it feels like his, he would be better suited for this, for, like, that kind of stuff and for helping produce promo stuff backstage. Yeah, let, let him use his expertise. And, like, you want, like, I, I understand why they hired Jim Ross because Jim Ross is a name people know and a name people trust. It's the same reason that New Japan hired him for Wrestle Kingdom. I was about to say, it's an underrated factor in the rise of New Japan in the US that, like, Jim Ross is a name people know and a name people trust, and he's a, he is a tacit endorsement of your product. He, it also helps that um, he is generally viewed by people as being mistreated in WWE, so he has that kind of a sympathy going for him, too. That people want to see Jim Ross succeed, and they want him to, they want to see him do his own thing. And ideally, that own thing is not commentating every match. Hmm. Darby Allen challenged Sammy Guevara for a match at Revolution. He used the cue carrots, which was nice. See, this is this is what good pro wrestling should look like. What seems like just a dumb bit for the ad breaks, they brought forward as a thing in like the actual show. That Darby turned that on its head and used it to challenge Sammy. And it's like, yes, good wrestling. Mm-hmm. This is good. He should have lit it all on fire at the end, though. He should light everything on fire with a flame. They should have an Inferno it. match. <laughs> should they, though? <laughs> Yes, because you know Darby would do the coffin drop into the fire. Oh, should he though? Yes. <laughs> Sammy Guevara lost to Dustin Rhodes uh, pretty much clean after a destroyer and then he hit the... What, he doesn't call it the final cut anymore. What does he call that? Um, it was like the last or something. I, I remembered because I was like, that's not what he calls that. <laughs> Either way, uh, Dustin won and challenged Jake Hager to a match at Revolution. So Jake Hager will finally make his All Elite Wrestling in-ring debut as he faces Dustin Rhodes in the match they've been building basically since uh, November? Yeah. Good. Actually, October. He dr- he drove him through a table on his debut. So yeah, there you go. This is a match that's been building since October. The match that we even like called happening in October, <laughs> but we had to wait until yeah, now. Yeah, we thought it would be a... Yeah, what was the last show? Full Gear. I keep forgetting the name of Full Gear. Uh, we thought that would be a Full Gear match, but yeah, Jake Hager, finally wrestling. He says he's been paid for 19 weeks to stand there, look mean, and occasionally knee people in the balls. That's what, what a great job. Dustin brought that up too. Yeah, he's like, well, are you going to wrestle? And it, it, slander in fairness. He said his MMA career is failing. He's undefeated. Yeah, but one was by a nut shot. 
uh, perfectly fair. True. Um, it's called the Hager effect. Oh, sorry. I was. I. I know it's Texas, but like Dustin gets a Greg reaction every time he comes out. Well, this wasn't even Texas. This was Austin in particular, which is his hometown. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. So that's why he got a particularly great response in this match. And shock of all shocks, Liam, the hometown guy didn't lose. I, did, I also noted that when I was watching. I was like, huh, this is a different company. And you could make it the argument he probably should lose to Sammy, especially because Sammy has the match with Darby. He already put but, Sammy yeah. over once. After interference, though. I think Dustin's should... Like, I don't think he should be protected forever. But, like, still, while the company's new, like, he's a name that people recognize. I think you should still keep him pretty strong. And I suppose, in theory, Dustin against Hager is slightly higher on the pecking order than Sammy against Darby, so you protect Dustin to lose to Hager. I assume Sammy and Darby is going to be a buy-in match, so... I'd open with Sammy and Darby, give him like a hot 12. Well, you're not booking, are you? I should be. But yeah, Dustin Rhodes will be probably used to put over Jake Hager at the pay-per-view, so you can't really give up that much. I hope Jake Hager wears his little MMA booties. So yeah, post-match. Then we go to Britt Baker! Yeah, you're a big fan of Britt Baker. Uh, she's. Uh, I think I messaged you that she has. She has the the Jim Ross every two weeks rule. So this was one of her good promos. Yeah, I will say I was slightly disappointed that she she delivered the Waterburger line, which got insane heat, mm. and then she couldn't follow it up. She had nothing to follow it up with. So I'm slightly disappointed in Britt Baker there that she 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 like she got the she got the, the she had the line and then she had nothing to build on it with and then they just went to break kind of clumsily which I think <laughs> this is, kind is of the point. terrible. <laughs> I do love Jim Ross just saying this is terrible and burying it. That is quite funny. Well, because like he doesn't like her. I like how they've established like the commentary team does not like Britt. <laughs> Hey, he should be unbiased. Just that she's being mean to Tony doesn't mean that he should be uh, giving out about Britt Baker. He's letting his his personal relationships get in the way of his job. She was also being mean, being mean to him. To be fair, that was last week though. She said nothing mean about him here. So <laughs> you have you got, you're telling him to get over it. Yeah, get over it. She just said you don't know anybody's names and you shouldn't be on the job, yeah. which is, is true. So, <laughs> Britt, thumbs up. Yeah, she's doing good for herself. Certainly much better for herself than like just the babyface I'm a dentist gimmick. Now it's a heel I'm a dentist gimmick. Yes, which works better. Naming the specific tooth and like the repercussions of like its bad health was a real good bit. Because <laughs> like, the crowd was just so confused by the words she was saying. All those very long medical dentist teeth words. Mm. I was. I hope that like what she was saying was just like complete nonsense jargon, like just picking random buzzwords from dentistry. I hope they're not even words. Like if you just Google them, it's like oh, it's, it's gibberish. It's, it's, like, it's, a, it's a Google whack. This just means knee. Do you know what a Google whack is, Liam? I do not. When you type two words into Google and get zero results. Ooh, give me one right now. Oh, I couldn't possibly. Come on, you didn't have one just off the top of your head. No, earlier earlier in the 2000s it was much easier because the internet wasn't as vast and stupid as it is now. But yeah, it was a challenge back in like mid, the mid-2000s to find a Google Whack. I think, who wrote a book about Google Whack? Someone wrote a book about it. Um, yeah, so did you try and... In fact, in one of my English classes in junior cert, so I would have been probably like 13, uh, yeah, our teacher issued us the challenge to find a Google Whack. Did so you find you one back then? Do you recall? Uh, I did! Oh, Which I, th- I think uh, part of it was just like combining a dopey medical term with some kind of just random word. 
And do you know what the problem with a Google Whack, Liam? I do not know what the problem with a Google Whack. The second you identify and tweet about a Google Whack or, or post a Google Whack <gasps> somewhere, what happens, Liam? The Google Whack is no longer a Google Whack. It's no longer a Google Wax. So the more Google Wax you identify, the less Google Wax there are. Dave Gorman wrote the book about Google Wax. Truly, like the 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 way to do it is to find your Google Wax and then talk about it in audio format, so that it's not said or that it's not written so the, anywhere. Yeah, in which there is no transcript of. Mm. So which, thank God, we could say whatever we want. As I said, the further you get into a podcast, the more you can just say stuff because no one's listening. Mm. Blah blah so blah blah blah. We say, Got him. We could say whatever we want. Yeah, let's, about let's do a, let's do a hot take right now. <laughs> uh, we're only twenty one minutes in though. That's not far enough in. Uh, people haven't got bored yet, or at least not enough that they'll tune out. Rio lost the AEW Women's Championship to Nyla Rose in the best match on this show. A hell of a match. I'm. Uh, I don't like the, the the decision because I don't think Nyla is ready for a singles title yet. I think she's very good in like four ways where she can hit her shit. And a lot of our other matches against people not named Riho have been kind of dull. But alas, the match ruled. Nyla got over. Rio's the best wrestler in this company by far. And yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a lot to say about it. I thought this was a better structured version of their last match. Such as mm-hmm. we got the big uh, flying knee spot on TV this time. Uh, that does help. Well, in fairness, we watch on fights, so we got it on TV regardless. I know, but like, as I still thought it was a better structured match regardless. Um, we got Rio's really fiery comeback, which I liked at the end. Before she was just shut down and beaten. I'm kind of bummed that Nyla's champ because I don't like her as much as Rio. I think Rio's better. And I don't mm-hmm. think... I think Rio can bring people up to her level. I don't think Nyla can. But I'm I willing to be agree. shocked. I'm willing for her to show me otherwise. I didn't like this match as much as other people. I was like, yeah, it's a pretty good match, but that's about it. I thought this was a real good four-star match. Later. Whoa, break the four-star for you. Yeah, give this a big four stars. I like Rio a lot. Rio's great. Like, Rio just gets over. I like Rio, too. The crowds love her. Um, I forgot who, like, I think San made a dopey tweet about her. And, like, how taking the title off her was good because she's like, no one's into her. I was like, bro. Rio gets some of the be- gets the best reaction of any woman on the show, and you know what's most remarkable about her getting those reactions? She's barely on the show. She disappears for three weeks at a time, shows up, and she's still the most over woman on the show because she's a great wrestler who connects with people. Mm. I I I always love when Rio comes out. There's like a brief second where people are like, huh? Oh, and then they cheer. <laughs> like if you ever listen to her yeah. entrance, it's like did 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 did, and then like her name pops up and her music hits the like next note up, and there people go, oh, that's Rio. <laughs> it's actually the exact same thing happened for Dustin Rhodes on the show, where his music hits and there's like the 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 slow intro, and there's nothing on the screen, and then it's like Dustin Rhodes' name appears on the screen. It's like, oh, we like that guy. <laughs> I think it happens a bit for Cody too, because people don't hear the like the <laughs> until like it hits in the second bit of it. <laughs> Mm, so what we're saying is they should have better theme music I mean I think that's a general consensus after the match Nyla Rose goes backstage Tony Khan goes to give her the triple H hug and she's like go away uh, she's like alright but move on <laughs> she kind of takes it he, she half takes it and Tony awkwardly gives her a half hug and yeah I, I look if you're like should Tony Khan be on the show I would say no but if you're like if Tony Khan's role in the show is the spoof dopey shit triple H does Yes, okay, that's 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 a reasonable role for him on this show. It was good banter. Yes, and people will get mad about that. I don't think actually many people put together that uh, that's what he was doing. Yeah, but like, come on, the way he walked in with it, like, he was just waiting out there. Yeah. The only, like, step further would be if, like, he then turned and, like, put his fist up. 
and try and tried to take a selfie, yeah. and she was like, no, um, <laughs> just no. This went a bit long. Uh, yeah, she then argued with a bunch of people backstage, and Kenny was like staring at her, and all the other women were there. I didn't mind it for like you know the start, but like I was like, okay, guys, we've we've had the camera on the five women looking angry for like five minutes now. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be pay per view? What are they going to do? They don't really have a match set up. I guess Riho rematch. That's not very interesting, though, is it? Unless they have, like, someone in the wing ready to go. I mean, they might do Statlander. She's been complaining. If you're going to do Rio rematch, save the title change for the pay-per-view. Yeah, unless they're going to just put the belt back on Rio. Which, okay, fair enough. Which would kind of be dumb, but fair enough. Maybe they do Statlander, because she's been, like, saying on Twitter, like, my title bad, but... That's how. That's what she said. Disappeared in recent weeks, though, hasn't she? She was in the backstage. Yeah, but she hasn't, like, had a meaningful role on this show since, what, that tag match against Mel? I think that was only two weeks ago. That's dark. Three weeks ago, maybe. Yeah, but, like, I give her... I think they might be doing Statlander and Brit, and that might become Mm. a de facto number one contenders match. Well, they'll do a three-way with Riho. We established that they... Do they have automatic rematches? They do, yes, because they see you go on. They do. Yeah. So I'm guessing maybe they'll do a, a... 1v1 and then they might do a three-way at the show? Who knows? Let's just watch and find out. Maybe they do some kind of gimmick match. Best two out of three for. <laughs> Tables, I'd imagine, would be the one that would make most sense given the way they promoted Nyla Rose, but oh, who knows? We, we forgot to mention their great table spot. <laughs> oh, yes, Nyla Rose pulled the table out from under the arena. The cowhumper were like, you can't use that table. And Rio jumped off the apron, ran along the table, and what, drop kicked her? Yeah. I like that um, it also continues the theme of... Nyla trying to get herself disqualified in her most important matches. <laughs> yeah, apparently she's just very stupid. Like, or she doesn't care. But, but like, then why is she even fighting in the division? <laughs> like, if, you, mm. if you're in the championship match and you're like, ah, I'll throw it out. Uh, Jericho's backstage and he's like, I've gotten a bounty hunter to take out John Moxley. And he does a big build, big build, big build. It's Jeff Cobb! I was like, yes, Lance Archer. Yep, around the world, Lance Archer. Yep. And like, he was about to say, <laughs> I was like, Le- oh... <laughs> Jeff Cobb. I, you know what made me have a problem with this? That it, we missed out on the pop of Jeff Cobb randomly showing up? Yeah, Jeff Cobb was on the show. If Jeff Cobb wasn't on the show, I'm like, oh, fine, yeah, they're announcing Jeff Cobb for next week. But then Jeff Cobb comes out at the end of the show to meet up John Moxley. It's like, why don't you just leave it for that moment? Maybe they were unsure that like people would know who he is. Uh, but like, but they could have done, but even then, then why are you bringing him in? Like, they could have done a cool moment where like they're beating the hell out of... um. Uh, Moxley and they're beating them up and then Jeff Cobb comes out and everyone's like oh he's gonna save Moxley but then he beats up Moxley too and then Jericho does the little promo that next week he's gonna face you and kill you I don't know um I'll be disappointed because like apparently this is gonna be a one shot deal I'm gonna be really disappointed if it is because I like when he was walking out it's like Jeff Cobb suits this company Mm. it was Jeff Cobb apparently Jeff Cobb's priorities are New Japan that's fine open the forbidden door which based on his G1 yeah (laughs) Uh, he had some good matches. Not in the G1, but <laughs> just, like, over the years. Uh, like, you assume, they put a guy in a G1, and he should have, like, the best stint of his career. And when Jeff Cobb had a bunch of really flat matches, one of which, by the way, was a really flat match with John Moxley. Uh, we'll see, did they improve on it next week? You're like, uh, maybe not. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how they position Cobb. Next mm-hmm. week, if they like, are they gonna have this dude who's coming in for one shot 
go 80-20 over Mox to sell that he's this assassin, or are they going to have, like, it's going to be interesting to see how that match has worked. Because you would assume Mox is winning, but yeah. Yeah, but, like, is Mox just going to be like, nope, I'm actually going to dominate him. Just hit him with the, the paradigm shift and pin him. Yeah. I, I I do admire Jeff Cobb seemingly wanting to be, like, a real free, like, just working everywhere, actual independent wrestler. It's kind of nice that it's, people can do that, you know, that people aren't like, we want you exclusively. Mm. Or the, well, they, I'm sure they all did offer him exclusively. <laughs> but that, that they're not going to the next step of being like, and we're not going to use you unless we can have you exclusively. Hopefully we see a, a couple more people do that too. Yeah. it makes I think it makes wrestling interesting when you're just like, oh, this guy showed up here for like four weeks. Oh, this guy's here now. I keep saying it's fresh. Mm. And Jeff Cobb had fresh new gear too. Indeed. Good gear. One of the Jeff Cobb's gear is wildly variable, but this is good gear. Yeah, I did. I I'm also firmly in the pro this Je- this Jeff Cobb gear. Hmm. MJF defeated Jungle Boy in a match people probably liked a lot more than me. I thought it was a good match. People were thinking like, oh, what a great match! I'm like, it's pretty good. It made me go, all right, we don't have to completely give up on MJF. I was like, all right, he can he can deliver. Yeah, and he will he will deliver against Cody because it's written Cody. If they don't have a great match at the baby, I will be legitimately shocked. There better be blood in that match. Yeah. So yeah, Wardlow gave MJF the ring. The finish kind of came out of nowhere. Wardlow just walked out, handed the ring, and then he punched him and beat him. It's like all right. I think I have a problem with like the second from last matches on Dynamite going too long. Like I still I don't think that MJF Jungle Boy needed to go twelve. Well, this was less egregious than the SEU match against. Hybrid, who was it last week? Or Janella and Kip Sabian. Well, no, Best Friends? Who did SCU wrestle last week? Best Friends, wasn't it? Yeah. Best Friends, yeah, Best Friends. And, yeah, that match was very boring. Yeah, but... Whereas this was better. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't... Every time, every week, there's, like, just a, a slightly too long match second from the top. And it's usually because it's the, like, lower people on the character, like, like the Kip Sabians and, like, the Jungle Boys that are maybe... Less interesting than some other wrestlers on the show. You could, well, Jungle Boy's great. I'm, I'm really just burying Chris, uh, Kip Sabian. You could probably shave, like, two minutes off of most matches in AEW, to be fair. Uh, dark matches in particular are egregious. It's just like, why is this match as long as it is? Well, that's because, like, well, we have no other time for them. <laughs> that's, I suppose, true. Next week, we have Cordy against Wardlow. Cordy? Cody against Wardlow in a cage match. Moxley against Jeff Cobb, the number one contenders battle royal, plus the Lucha Bros against Kenny Stacked. and Hangman Page for the World Tag Team titles. It's a pretty big show. No women announced. Uh, not yet, anyway. Probably be announced during the week. Because that's four matches. They usually have five to six. Maybe we get Brit Chris then. Mm. Uh, Pac cut a promo. He wants to fight people. Yeah, Pac's real good at the promos, huh? Especially for a guy who's like probably had the, the long time. You know, he's a work rate guy. And people always like, oh, work rate guys. They throw the, the bullshit terms like vanilla midget out there. And he know he's just extraordinarily charismatic and awesome. Hmm. And he's different. Like, there's, there's no... Like, who else could you really compare him to at the moment? Yeah, and you believe him. Mm. I, I, yeah, I think Legit. that he could rip Kenny's arms off. Yes, Le- he probably could. Legitimately. He's a mean man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they can have a 30-minute Iron Man match, and it'll probably be pretty damn good. And that brings us to our main event. John Moxley defeated Santana in a match better than the Ortiz match, but still nothing particularly special. I thought it was a good match, but nothing. I, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to rewatch this John Moxley-Santana match sometime. Yeah, that was pretty much the same deal. And as we said, after the match, Jeff Cobb came out and beat up 
John Moxley with the tour of the islands, and there we go. That's that's the show. A good episode. This was one of those episodes where like everything had a purpose, everything meant something, everything clicked because they had a red hot crowd in Austin, and yeah, everything's building toward the pay per view. Everything makes sense, and it's, what a good wrestling show. Yes. It was really everything that you needed. Um, it reminded me of some of those earlier home run dynamites that we saw, where everything felt mm. like fresh. I guess that helps when you have a, a new character being introduced, but nevertheless. But even like it, it, it would be very easy to lazily just roll out Ortiz as the challenger of the week and roll out Santana as the challenger of the week, and then oh Jeff Cobb. But like they gave Santana a reason to have this match. They didn't just throw him out there as a guy for John Moxley to run through. Like he 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 had a story. He had a reason to fight, and it was probably slightly elevated in the process. He had a story with both. You know what we're gonna get with Mox as like the final go home segment, right? He's gonna kill somebody, and it's gonna face down with Jericho, and Jericho's gonna run away. Maybe, but there's gonna be the big reveal of like, oh, how's Mox gonna do it? He can't see, and he's gonna lift up the eye patch, and he's gonna be fine. Hmm. As we said before, like classic pro wrestling. Classic pro wrestling. Like as I said, pro wrestling is, is very rarely easy. It's hard. But it, it is always simple. Never overcomplicate things. Just good wrestling, simple angles, good promos. Keep it's it, all you need. Keep it simple. Keep it real. Yeah. That's uh, AW Dynamite. Good wrestling show. Mm-hmm. I liked... I don't, think I, like, I don't think I disliked anything on that show. No. Everything on the show, as I said, every single thing on the show was a thing that built a program, was built a title change, moved toward the pay-per-view, or tried to enhance somebody. And, like, that's a good wrestling show. And all of it worked. Mm-hmm. We also got the, the next... Yes. WWE NXT opened with Roderick Strong cutting one of... You know, I, I guess he's cutting a promo on Velveteen Dream, but I hate the promos where he's just waiting to be interrupted. I really hate them, where he's just, like, legitimately out there just to be interrupted. Yeah. Um, I did like Roddy's fire in the promo, at least. He, sa- he sounded like, I'm I'm mad. You, you disrespected I'm- my wife and child. Yeah, it's pretty understandable. It's like, yeah, what, what are you doing? That's creepy. How is Velveteen the face? <laughs> I, know, I guess because Unstudio beat him up, so that justifies it. <laughs> that justifies being a creep. Yeah, being a creep is fine if they beat you up first. And then, um, the thick boy. Mm-hmm. He interrupted. Bronson Reed comes out after not being on the show for uh, two months. Now he got beat up last week. <laughs> Well, like, yeah, but, like, he hasn't wrestled on the show in two months. So he's, he's the guy that got beat up last week, having not wrestled on the show in two months, comes out here, and then they have a match. The match is, I don't know, it's all right. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> and Vel- Velveteen Dream, his music hits to distract Roderick Strong, and then Strong just turns around and wins the match anyway. <laughs> well, you see, because uh, Bronson Reed is, like, down here. <laughs> And Roderick Strong is up here. And very rarely do they cross. Just have Roderick Strong beat him! Yeah, and then, like, do some creepy, like, Velveteen Dream pervert shit after. Yeah, if Roderick Strong is going to win the match, um, which I'm fine with, because Roderick Strong should beat Bronson Reed, don't do an interference spot where Strong is distracted and then have Strong win the match anyway. Why are you doing that to Bronson Reed? You're making him look like an absolute geek. Yeah. I also really... I don't like the thick boy stuff, man. No, it's stupid. Just have him be a hoss that beats the shit out of people. Why is this so hard? Like, I, it's not hard to book Jonah Rock, man. Like, he's great. He's big. Like, just book him like that. Ugh. 
Instead of Mauro talking about how thick he is and how big Bronson, whatever they say, big Bronson energy. It's it's like it's like big dick energy, but Bronson. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that finish is just like who who okay's that? Who's not like? Why are we doing a distraction finish that leads to the guy being distracted winning anyway against the guy who's low on the totem pole in the first place? Like. I don't know. I do like that they um, they've established that the knee is also a finish. Mm. I think everyone should have two or three moves that they can actually win the match with. After the match, Dream got on the screen and he was like, oh, "Call me up, Marina." And Strong was like, oh, Matt. They're facing next week, not at the takeover." I think it's like I, the Marina stuff is one thing, but like the the Troy stuff is real creepy to me. Yeah, it's a, it's a child. It really like it's off putting. Then we got, like, the best thing in this entire show. The first of three uh, broserweights on a road trip. They have, they have their giant trophy, Liam, so of course they can't fly with the giant dusty, dusty Cup. So they have to find means to get the Dusty Cup from Orlando to Portland, and they decided to drive, naturally. <laughs> uh, it turns out neither of them have driving licenses, and of course Riddle is a man who should never be pulled over by the police because that's trouble. <laughs> I like how, like, <laughs> terrified he was immediately. <laughs> Uh, that they're gonna get caught and yeah so the, then later in the show we'll, we'll go through them all at once my favourite one was the one in the duck boat in which <laughs> Riddle, Riddle they, they're not going in the duck boat to travel to Portland in fact they're going in a duck boat so Riddle can gather his thoughts and think deeply about how they're going to travel to Portland because that's where he does his thinking on duck boats apparently it's actually a swan boat I feel like I need to clarify listen they're all the same thing boats or animals do you know sometimes swans, when swans fall in love, they fall in love forever, mm-hmm. which is deeply romantic here on Valentine's Day, but occasionally swans will fall in love with swan boats. Yeah. So they'll just follow around the swan boats until the end of time, but, and it's very sad. Actually, I think that's not sad. You know why? Uh, because the swan boat will never die? Yeah, the swan boat will never die. That's, 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 the, that's truly the only real love out there. The swan boat is immortal, and the, the, the so it's yeah, it's love for life. Yeah, and like the swan boat won't be sad when the swan dies. <laughs> How do you know? What if they like did an update and like painted the swan boat to make it new again? Would the old swan like lose interest in the swan because they were like, is that a different swan? Yeah, this isn't the one I love. Mm. And now we get to the third, which is actually the worst one, but. Yeah, the one where they hijacked because some of the like on paper these things could have been very bad, but Matt Riddle is very charismatic, so he made them work. And Pete's a good straight man. Yeah, so it's a good like Matt Riddle being goof. Pete just looking at him and bewildered the entire time. Um, I did like that when Triple H entered, they played his music. I'd like to think they do that every time he gets on a plane. And um, but like, what was Triple H doing leaving in the middle of the show? Shouldn't he be? Shouldn't he be helping? Yeah, Triple H, uh, he has to get to Portland too, just like uh, Kyle Riley and Bobby Fish had to get to Portland. There should have been, been a like simultaneous Bobby and Kyle going to Portland, but it's just them like having bad travel days. It's just, it's just, oh, our flight's been cancelled, sitting in the airport lobby, just waiting. <laughs> Kyle just playing air guitar on, on the belt. Yeah, and people looking at him weirdly. Yeah, that's um, that was that was Matt and Pete's excellent adventure. I thought there was going to be way more like. Cheech and Chong vibes. <laughs> I was like, the obvious joke here is that, like, oh, Matt's gonna be a stoner. <laughs> but no, mm. they didn't do it. He's, this is where that's where he gets all of his ideas. Ah, uh, there was more subtlety in this one. You're saying? 
his drug-addled mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's gonna be the, the blow off to this whole tag team. Is Pete's gonna just be like, "You're an addict." <laughs> uh, do you think they'll win the belts on uh, Sunday? A weird Sunday takeover. I hope so. They probably should. Yeah. And then we got the best Before wrestler die. in the company. Oh wait, no, we don't. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, there's Nigel Garza promo. Sure, yeah. he's gonna beat Leo Rush. I was gonna say the best, the best wrestler in the company. Continue. Dakota Kai defeated Candice LeRae in a wrestling match. This was um weird. I don't like the finish. Dakota Kai's going into mm-hmm. a takeover pre-show match, and um she should be treated with like some sort of reverence. And why do we have to now protect Candice when we've never protected Candice ever before? Is that a pre-show match? Um, apparently, I saw it listed on a pre-show why? thing. I have to double check. It's like the big blow off to a long feud. Maybe I was... it's a street fight. <laughs> Why is it on the pre-show? Maybe I'm wrong, but I thought it was pre-show. I don't think they have anything. Wikipedia doesn't have anything listed for a pre-show at the moment. Oh, I read somewhere that it was a pre-show, but I might be wrong. All right. So if it is a pre-show, dumb. If it's not, I'm sorry for ranting about you, Triple H. Your booking is exemplary. Except that you protected Candice before the match. And you put that freaking shitty finish in the first match. Um, yeah. And Tegan Just came beat out and beat Just her up. beat her. I hope she does like the big Tegan entrance again. Uh, I hope their match has heat, because this is the second time that they brawled and no one gave a shit. Um, this match would be one of the... This would be a match that would be benefited by having a vignette to remind people, <laughs> hey, this match should be heated. And they'll be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, because they had the match, was it two weeks ago or last week or whatever it was, and that was uh, no heat whatsoever. And then they had a pull apart, which is like the most basic get heat angle in the history of wrestling, where they brawl and they're pulled apart. And there was just like the most modest let them fight chance at the very end. And it's like, oh, nobody is into this Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox feud when they they really should be. <laughs> it's like, it, it, Full Sail's not into it? Like, uh... Full Sail wasn't into pretty much any of this show, by the way. This this was, I think, the, the, they weren't even, like, performatively into this show. They were just kind of there for most of it. I think they're overexposed. And the problem with, if you're, you eventually get sick of being performatively into something, and you, if it's not good, you just sit there. Could you imagine if, um, like, they were still doing takeovers there? I think crowds would still be great for takeovers. I, I assume there'd probably be fly-ins for takeovers, too. And they'd get fired up for takeovers, I'd imagine. Speaking of getting fired up... Johnny Gargano against Cameron Grimes. (laughs) Yeah, in a very good Evolve main event. Yeah, I like this match. This is a good match. It it had nothing to do with Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor, but sure. They did a lot of, like, the fast-paced grappling that I miss seeing on the indies. (laughs) Mm. Like, we don't get that as much anymore. So, and I I was like, oh, cool. This is a good independent wrestling match. That's all I thought about while I was watching it. Yeah, this this by the way, this is a go home show. Terrible. Yeah, I, I, so you mentioned me, you messaged me, um, saying that you thought this was kind of like an all right show, and I was like, this is a good show, but it's not a good, like, it's not a good leading into the takeover show. Balor wasn't on the show. <laughs> yeah, Balor wasn't on the show. The built of the tag titles match was the the Broserweight stuff. Which it was funny, but not exactly. I want to see a pay per view match. <laughs> funny. Mm. Uh, Roger Strong against Bronson Reed was a build to a match next week on NXT. Uh, Leo Rush against Angel Garza was billed to a match next week on NXT. And then the main event had very little to do with Tommaso Ciampa, but they had a stare down at the end of the show that. Okay. 
a stare down that the crowd was like, woo. Yeah. Because it's like none of the matches on the, on that pay-per-view card have any momentum. This build has been such like lazy paint-by-numbers, nothing <laughs> happening build to a pay-per-view. You know what match I'm most excited about? Go on. Devlin versus Leo Rush. That's uh, that's on NXT next week. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the one I'm most excited about. Yeah. I was, I was like interested to see how a takeover card or a crowd would respond to Devlin after the, the Worlds Collide crowd didn't know who he was whatsoever, but he's had some TV exposure. So said, nope, he's on NXT next week. But now he's got his real cool I'm a detective music. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> Gargano won. <laughs> yeah, it was a good match. It was a good match. Uh, Adam Cole cut a promo. He's gonna beat Chamber or whatever. I did so like. Um, he took time out to console his friend. <laughs> he's like, "We're gonna get him. Don't worry about it." He patted him on the head, basically. There, there, Roddy. <laughs> I also like. I, I'm, I'm on the fence. Uh, I like that, that Bronson Reed and Kushida were like were mad that we got beat up, but then both also just came out and lost on this show. So it's like it, they probably would have been better off if they were just beat up and disappeared for a couple of weeks, or if they just beat some random non-player. Robert Stonebrand is very upset that Caden Carter defeated Chelsea Green, and they'll have a rematch again next week. I did. I did appreciate the terminology of the relaunch. Mm. I thought that was there, that there. was cute. The brand launch did not go so well. They're having a relaunch next week. As I said, there's more promotion for matches next week on this show than there is for the TakeOver. That's because the Wednesday's shows mean more. Uh, Leo Rush defeated Angel Garza to become number one contender for the Cruiserweight Championship. Which, do you think this writes off Garza from NXT? I hope not. <laughs> like the one thing mm. I like on these shows. Well, Leo Rush is also very good. He rips the pants off straight away. This was a serious match. <laughs> then he went and lost, so maybe he shouldn't have ripped the pants. He should. You see, he has to save his pants for the the most strategic moment, Liam. But he didn't cheat. To... That's the key. Hey, he didn't cheat. Mm, he went for the wing clipper and got cradled. And Leo Rush will face Jordan Devlin for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship next week. Devlin came out with this shitty ass music. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say um, this was good, but it wasn't as good as their other matches. No, they're they're. they're Tile because they've had three. This was the worst of the three. But like that's not. It was also the least important of the three. So it's like, yeah, their second match is far and away their best match. Go back and watch. I think probably the best NXT match since they launched on USA. I'd probably say. Yeah. Matt Riddle and Adam Cole. Yeah, probably. Uh, Mark Henry uh, narrated a high package for Keith Lee against Dominic Dijakovic, which I thought was a pretty good idea, but still is not the evolution in this feud I want. I mean, it is if they actually act like horses. I want spite. I want anger. I want bitterness. I want something other than we're going to do our moves. Well, the story is anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Which we got like, or which we've had on NXT like five times now. We've had four matches under that story. But but I'm not even saying with them. I'm saying like, they've used this storyline like five times in NXT. Yeah. In recent years. We had a very rare occurrence on WWE NXT, Liam. A real squash. <laughs> a real squash. Bianca Belair came out and beat Santana Garrett in less than a minute. Mm-hmm. Bianca's great. She's she should beat Rhea and face Charlotte at WrestleMania. Sorry, Rhea. It's gonna and they did the the great thing of let's just have Rhea talk again. <laughs> let's just always I have know. her talk. She can never just be a badass. She must talk constantly. Like they did a really good job of like. 
hiding the fact that she can't really talk in the build-up to her winning the title. And now, once she's won the title, she has she has to fit in the WWE champion champion mold. So she has to talk every week for no reason, and she's just she's not an interesting promo. She's just like I fight, bar mean, angry. Yeah, I don't know. She should lose. She should lose on Sunday. She won't, but she won't. No. I was gonna say I think Bianca's not long for the the brand either. If you're gonna make this a third brand, you gotta have to like. There's gotta be more people coming to NXT because right now it's just like we're getting geared up to just have like a whole group of people leave which just makes it seem like developmental still who would you bring down? Tozawa most of the cruiserweights oh. that don't get booked anymore <laughs> he loses every week on, on Raw he, like, and he's always like oh it's Tozawa against Aleister Black that should be a great wrestling match and then he loses I'd bring um, Cedric Oh yeah, to, he's no. He has to get that. He's he's gonna get that, get that win over AJ. You can't you can't call him back down before he gets that win. Ah, uh, true, true. Come on. Once after he finishes the AJ feud by winning the US title, then we can bring him. Mm-hmm. We can bring him down. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheldon Benjamin. Yeah, good. I don't want, and I don't need those. Like, I don't need the old people who don't really should are only there just because they want people. Like Jinder. Is Jinder still around? He's still around. They don't fire anybody then. <laughs> Well, yeah. I don't know. I, uh, th- Honestly, I just want like the whole Lucha contingent from Raw to come down so then I can like stop watching the one thing on Raw that I watch. But, but you can also just not watch that too, though. But I want to watch that. Then maybe you should just watch Raw? No, I just want to watch the those four people. What, what, what's, what's the difference between being on Raw and being on NXT, Liam? Because then I will actually watch them <laughs> in a company I care about. A subsect of I'm a company I care about. I'm, tra- I'm trapping your bias, Liam. You entra- is this entrapment? <laughs> Everything I do is entrapment. Tomas Trampa sitting in the classroom, cutting a promo. I, thought- I, don't, I, I don't... Listen, I, it's, it's, I'm going to give this one thing. All right. At least it was somewhat creative, and he wasn't just sitting on a box backstage. That's true. They did where WWE has all the money in the world, and they still shoot television like they have no money whatsoever. Well, I suppose that's why they're super profitable. <laughs> well, they're not. Besides TV money, I take it all back. Yeah. So, like, God, find some interesting environments to shoot promos. For the love of God, you have all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's he's gonna wrestle Adam Cole at pay per view. <laughs> I was gonna say, speaking of having all the money in the world, Kushida versus Adam Cole. Yeah, which I was very disappointed in this match. I at least expected this to be a, a really good match, and I thought it was... I don't even think it was a good match. It was a very an extremely forgettable match. I thought it was an okay Best of the Super Juniors match. Yeah, it's it's, it's a match that if it was on a Best of the Super Juniors card, it would probably be like third or fourth best match on the show. Yeah, what do you want from us? What do we what do us to say about this? This was just a match. It occurred. Kushida lost. He's a dope who shouldn't have signed. Yeah, I'm sure he's having fun in Orlando. Going to theme parks. Yeah, that does seem pretty nice, actually. You can go to Universal and Disney every day. That's fun. He can see. He can spend all that time with his child. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He, once he's once he's learned how to look at the hard camera and um, yeah, uh, do do wrist locks and float overs and all the basic NXT moves. It's so weird and so, that, that these people in developmental. And someone help. Uh, someone help him with his taxes, please. And yes, his healthcare. It's very confusing. <laughs> when he when he realized the healthcare thing, oh, poor guy. Someone should have like given like you couldn't have called up Shinsuke and like, hey, <laughs> what's up? 
It's so absurd that they have all these people down in the performance center, man. It's just like it's so all absurd these, they like... have all these people in general. They have like three hundred wrestlers signed. You don't need that many. You could form like three good companies out of the people they don't need. Yeah, you can never mind you can the call people them they do. NXT Japan, NXT Mexico, and NXT the UK. <laughs> uh, so, are you excited for Takeover Portland? I'm not excited for anything from Portland. Trailblazers were robbed. Sure. This is some basketball. Some basketball talk for you, huh? Utah Jazz. Uh, they lost. They well, Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz won in a robbery. Keith Lee faces Dominic <laughs> just Dakota quickly, for just the NXT we're not talking North about. American Championship. Dakota Kai versus Tegan in a street fight. Adam Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT. By the way, NXT Women's Championship is back. Thank God. It was confusing. Which it was a week to, that they decided to do a thing. That was an experiment. <laughs> the Undisputed Era versus the Brotherweights for the NXT World Tag Team titles. The Finn Balor against the Finn Balor, of course, against Johnny Gargano and Rhea Ripley against Bianca Belair for the NXT Women's Championship. Is your card for NXT? What is your Portland. least favorite match? And what is your most anticipated match? Uh, most anticipated is probably Brotherweights versus Undisputed Era. Least anticipated, probably Keith Lee against Dijakovic because they're going to do the same match again and they're going to make me mad. Mine's probably. Uh, yeah, most anticipated Brozoweights versus Red Dragon. Least anticipated Cole and Champa. I don't give a shit about that match. Oh yeah, I really don't care about that match either. And like Gargano against Balor, probably. I don't know. Like I, and I, I think that that match at least has like a cool factor because it hasn't happened. So maybe like I'll be like ah, but yeah, I the rest of it can get chucked out. I don't care. If you asked me a month ago, I would have been excited for to go to Kai against Tegan Knox, but no one cares about that apparently anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, match of the week. Um, well, I know yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine's the AEW tag team title match. Whereas mine is Riho against Nyla Rose. Which show did you prefer? AEW, but I liked both. But this it wasn't a, it wasn't a go home. NXT just yeah. Uh, honestly, AEW did a better job building to their pay per view, which is still two weeks away, than NXT did building to theirs, which is two days away. It's a revolution, baby. Hmm. Our fan poll, Liam. Oh, God. Poor NXT. 88% AEW to 12% NXT. Wow, NXT had a bit of a comeback in the, in the day that we had to delay. Yeah, they, they got a, they got 2% back. It was actually, at its worst, I think it was 91.9. So they got a few percent back. When I voted, it was 90.10. Yeah, that's with 440 votes. That's down from 79%, 21% last week to 70%, 30% two weeks ago. And seventy eight percent twenty two. So the NXT were making a, a slight slow come. No, they, no, it's been a steady decline. Never mind. People, <laughs> people really giving up on said. And like the the ratings were drastically different this week. Yeah. So it's not like a lot more people watched AEW. I think it's just. Well, it's like what's what we say every week. It's just AEW is exciting. NXT is kind of bland. And only the NXT, only the WWE diehards generally prefer NXT. It takes a very exceptional NXT to beat a very bad AEW. Oh, well, poor show. Like, um, uh, and trust me, I want it to be more, I want it to be more different because I want to, I would like it to be like a 50-50 split every week. I would like NXT to be like the show NXT used to be. <laughs> exactly. It's like, if NXT or at least like have one of them just be awful so then like <laughs> one of the networks can be like, hey, fucking do something. Like, because like right now they're just like coaxing, yeah, and doing ending this lovely 
uh, Valentine's Day episode of Wednesday Love Games on a somber note. I see what you did there. For the love beats war. Uh, Peace, man. You can follow me on Twitter at Garrett You can follow Liam on Twitter at Larrick. you can follow the podcast on Twitter at WarGamesPod if you'd like to vote in the poll. If you want more All Elite Wrestling coverage in your podcast feeds, you can check out Everything Elite. If you'd like more WWE coverage in your podcast feed, you can check out Shake Them Ropes. Uh, that's about it. I'll be re- I'll be previewing NXT for the... I'll be writing a preview for NXT TakeOver Portland on the website, so... Bias! So you can... Um, you can and, and you can see I'm very excited for the show. You're so showing you your allegiance to NXT. <laughs> by previewing their their upcoming takeover. Uh, That's about it. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye. Portland! BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.